It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies in cinema, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors, beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey there, Jim. Hey, Bryce. Also, we have Murray, who has been in training for some new job or something. I think this is his 78th job this year. Um, how are you going to do your taxes this year with all these different jobs, Merman? Are you going to get well, professional help? Taxes are easy when you make no money. So ah. it'll be really all, easy. all combined, it must add up to millions. It must all, be like I'm going to hit you up for a loan. All combined, maybe 50 bucks. <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. Well, you need a raise. Well, I don't, I don't make uh, uh, Costco money. so Yeah, neither do I. I don't know what that means. So with the introductions out of the way... Let's rage on. Well, thanks to all been supporting us. If you love our independent podcast, please like, subscribe, share, and give us a five-star rating on your listening platform or support us and join the Film Rage community by joining our membership at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Film Rage YYC. If you cannot commit to a membership, you can still buy us movie rental and dare us to see a terrible film. And we will watch it if it played anywhere in the world. Now, let's get to raging. But first, here's a word from our sponsor. Hey, Bryce, what are you doing tonight? I'm going to my favorite cinema, Canyon Meadows Cinema, to see the best second-run movies at the best price. What? How inexpensive are they? Regular price is five bucks, five bucks. Regular price is five bucks, five bucks. Makes me hope they also serve pizza. They do, plus a lot of other great food choices. Plus, I'm planning my office Christmas party there. They can host a plethora of options for any get-together. Gaming, movie, drag show? Drag show? Now I know where I'm planning my next party. Hey, maybe you think there's a, a Liam Neeson or a superhero movie plan? Ugh, I hope not. But uh, maybe there'll be a great independent documentary. Sure. Call CMC at 403-670-5444 to book a special event or go online at canyonmeadowscinemas.ca. Cinema, 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 cinema. Yeah, you guys went to a lot of movies. Yeah, we went to a lot of movies. We went to a stupid amount of movies. But that's the right word, stupid. Stupid amount. I wish there was seven more. Yes. But there wasn't any more. No. We literally saw five movies in cinemas this week, people. Yes. It wasn't the plan initially, but it just sort of snowballed. Yeah, it was like, what are you doing this night? I'm not doing nothing. What are you doing? I'm not doing nothing. And then it's like, oh, I got to go see this with my better half. Oh, well, now my better half wants to see it. And then it was just like snowball. And then it was like, there's a shark that eats people. And then Murray's like, hey, we can see that together because we love sharks eating people. And then that happened. And then and what happened? What did we see first? So first we saw... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Turtles in a half shell. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. 
follows the exploits of four young mutant turtles as they navigate through the trials and tribulations of being a youth in this day and age. With the guidance of their guardian, they have learned many martial arts disciplines, and as they navigate their place in the world, they find that these skills may help them to be accepted by a society that has initially shunned them. <gasps> they meet a young high school student with aspirations to become a, a reporter, who wishes to bring their story to the masses. A mutually beneficial friendship is formed, and this group of misfits bring the best out of each other as they attempt to bring down an evil empire. Evil! I feel like I've heard this. But more simply put, this reboot of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles franchise was just a super cool movie. The animation is amazing, the voice actors were perfect, with Jackie Chan stealing the show as Master Splinter. Absolutely. And for the first time ever, this is crazy, the voices of the turtles were performed by, by actual teenagers. By turtle? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, by, turtles. by turtles. actual teenagers. What? what a novel concept. It's the weirdest concept. Have Having teenagers play teenagers, that's that's like brilliant. I know. It's like something it's we've never like seen before. It's not like some 40-year-old dude doing Pretending to be a teenager. It's yeah. crazy. This simple thing added so much more energy to the project than previous attempts. Simply... Fun from start to finish. Mutant Mayhem was Mondo. Oh, <laughs> kids shows. Wow. All right. Well, here we have another situation mm. where the universe isn't original enough. So we need to reboot franchises over and over and over and over. In most cases... I normally hate every single additional iteration of reboots. In this case, I feel this is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle film we should have received from the very beginning they, of its origin. They finally got it right. If technically <laughs> it had been there from the beginning of when the comic was written, I feel this is the version we should have seen so for that, I'm a little torn. I'm not going to lie. All right. If this had been done back in 1984, I think this could have been done like this, but it would have had hand-drawn artwork, similar to what we might have seen in 1984 in anime films from the likes of, say, director Heo Mitsuyaki's... Um, Nasaka of the Valley of the Wind. Although this film is not hand-drawn, it is fully computer-generated in a style which is that of concept sketch artistry, I think is what they're calling it. This raw, imperfect style to the artwork gives the feel that of original concept, of the original comic, not to say it looks like the original, but has the feel of taking us back to when they shows us the origin story of our turtles in a heartwarming, comedic, and very enjoyable reimagining of this beloved classic comic superhero franchise. <sighs> Say that five times fast. No. The writing was quick and funny and had me smiling throughout this entire film. Yeah. The turtles are just as they should be. Yep. As Bryce has already said, Teenagers yes. wanting to have a good time, making mistakes, sneaking out when they aren't supposed to, 
and and they're honing their skills to become ninja turtles. Yes. Not ninjas, mm-hmm. but turtles that are also ninjas. Correct. I really like the version of this franchise. Normally, I'm saying we don't need a reboot. This is the one exception. But with the creative team behind this, with the talented voice talents, as well as the writing team and the incredible style of animation, I'm really, and I'm I'm really putting myself out here now, I'm really enjoying the last two animated superhero films that we've seen. Yeah. This one and the Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse. Yeah. If this is the future of creative animation, I am 100% okay with it. Would I have, would have I had preferred hand-drawn art like that of the 1980s? Of course I would have. But I think this is a pretty damn amazing computerized version of hand-drawing artwork. Like, you... When you watch this, you you don't get the impression that it no. is anim- it is animated through um, through computer. It really does have a real yep. gritty, handwritten like core of it. Like it's like this. It was like they did a sketch art of this entire thing with errors everywhere, but there was intentional errors yeah. that you just can't get your no, head away from. It was super cool. I don't think I've ever said this about the original comic. That was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but this was motherfucking Mondo. It was so good. I loved it. I loved everything I know, about there it. Was no, and it's like it was like I'm just watching, and I did not expect to love this movie. No, I did. I've never liked any Teenage Mutant Ninja exactly. Turtles. I didn't even really love the comic. Yeah. Like I got the comic when it first came out because I was like, yeah. you know, this looks fun. Uh, you know, teenage, and it was it was okay. Yeah. Like. When you think of that and Scott Pilgrim kind of coming around at the same time-ish mm-hmm. in that, it's like, the, yeah. It, but this was so well done. Yeah, and no, to your point, so I, th- I think that the voice talents yeah, of the, it was so, so natural. And that was a th- like the, the teenagers playing teenagers. I honestly think that just added a, a something that, don't get me wrong, like the, the other movies had nothing going for them anyways, but they were even worse by the fact that, you know, you have like these 45-year-old dudes that are doing the teenage voices. Like, why aren't you casting a teenage? Because it gives it a different energy. Oh, yeah. It really does. Yeah, they have the the camaraderie and oh, the, the innocence that these yeah. characters bring. If, yeah. if you want to see an amazing... I, I don't want to say this is like, I think it was more like a family film. Like it really yeah, it is. was. I mean, there was some stuff in it there. You go, eh, but you know what? Overall, absolutely. You can take anybody. I else. mean, there's the goal of our villain yes. who was fantastic, by the way, Ice Cube. Um, uh, oh man, Master Splinter just trying to get his, his boys not to get milked, man. <laughs> uh, the milking machine. Yeah, the milking machine was just. It was all just so good. Yeah. Uh, no, no. And I, and I got to say it again. Jackie Chan, man. This was like so next level for him. It was, he was yeah. unbelievable. And you know what was good about um, Jackie Chan's voice in particular? Uh, was that it, it kind of, like if you watch early Jackie Chan, he did not understand any English. Yeah. He just had to phonetically it say words. words yeah. But I got the feeling in this that he actually did because it, it like it was connecting on yeah, such a higher yeah, level. Yeah, no, it was. I just loved this movie. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, so go see it. No thanks. 
Yeah, Murray's not an animation type I don't do person. cartoons. Oh, well, you're missing out on missing a pretty out. big genre. That's okay. I don't do cartoons. Well, that's okay. And no one's saying you have to. I'm just saying if people want to see a cartoon that's good, this is the one. Plus Seth Rogen. So that's actually a really good segue into our next movie because apparently Murray has shortcomings. Yes. Which is the next movie that we saw. Not many. <laughs> well, I'm glad, to, I'm glad I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yes, humility is not one of those shortcomings. No. Exactly, not at all. So of all the love stories about Japanese versions of a human being so much like Bryce, it's not actually funny. Well, well, actually, it is funny. It was funny. This is the most accurate depiction of Bryce in cinema that has ever been created. I just want to put that out there. If, if Bryce was a Japanese man born in America... Then you all, if you've seen shortcomings, you know exactly who Bryce is. You know what? Can't argue with you. Yeah, me neither. I love. Guy's a bit of a dick, so am I. I love. And everything else that went along with it. A love story where every single secondary character falls in love and finds happiness, except our lead, who happens to be a self-loathing reverse racist. And pretty much the most angry, passive-aggressive, and annoying person in any film ever. Yet, his anti-hero charm is still so likable because his sarcasm is so biting and hilarious. You can't help but love, just absolutely love him for his complete hypocrisy to everything he thinks he stands for. Now, not saying that Bryce is a reverse racism or a racist at all, but in his case... the rest of it is pretty It's 100% true. I mean, in this case, he was looking for racism in places it wasn't because because of his Japanese heritage. So the the most deplorably written character I've seen since There Will Be Blood. But goddamn, he was still cute and the relationship he has with his best friend played by Sherry Cola. And I... Couldn't, we couldn't remember her name, but we'd both seen her before. Sherry Cola as Alice. And our lead, who is played by Justin H. Min as Ben. This film is completely filled with misdirection. You think it's going to be a comedy. And, well, it actually is a comedy. And then you think it's going to be a romance, which it's not. At least not for our anti-villain, Ben. But it is a romance film. And when you think it's going to travel this stereotypical version of either of these two types of films, it goes in every other way that you would expect it to go, that you you just have no clue what's going to happen next. But everything in this is well-written, is masterfully crafted, and by the time they bookend the film with what appears to be a satirized version of Crazy Rich Asians, the humor and love and dread in this film as it unfolds is completely satisfying and it's mondo and i have some unpacking that we got to do but i don't know Murr, did you get a chance to see shortcomings uh, no subtitles in this one there are no all, subtitles some of us had to work all yeah that's right he can't he could only watch i think two movies this week uh, yeah i i literally worked the entire long weekend out of boy all mm-hmm. our ships, so yeah. No he time. works hard for his money. No, I don't. I he works work. hard for it. I just it. work. Oh, okay. Okay. He All doesn't right. work hard for his money. Shortcoming starts like no film before. It progresses like no film before. It follows no formula, and everything that you think will probably happen 
does not. Hey, I had that. I thought that too. The dialogue is sharp and pointed. The actors are all at the top of their game. Both Justin H. Lim as Ben and Sherry Cola as Alice are mesmerizing throughout. With Ben, we are introduced to a lovable loser who is a little too pretentious for his own good. His relationships are dysfunctional. He has no ambitions. He takes his girlfriend for granted. He is a he has a dead end job. He takes pleasure in alienate, alienating those around him. See, and, this is spelling out just like Bryce. And yet, I still really liked him and was genuinely rooting for him, even though he did nothing to deserve my my sympathies. <laughs> Alice, on the other hand, is the stereotypical friend that Ben leans on for relationship advice and support. Only she is not stereotypical in any way. No. That is the beauty of this film. You help. You will have an idea of what characters are thinking and what their motivations are, but more often than not, you're going to be wrong. Everything plays like real life with no easy answers and no neatly resolved storylines, just flawed, realistic characters doing what they do. This film doesn't judge and just lets you lets the story play out without any major plot twists or dumb reveals. Oh, and by the way, it is extremely funny, sometimes sweetly funny, sometimes awkwardly funny, sometimes politically incorrectly funny, but always funny. Oh, and it also has a perfect ending. Yes. I love this film. Shortcomings had no shortcomings that I could see, and that's why it's Mondo. Yeah. Um, so what do you think? What do you think? Like, obviously, the, the writing in this is so clever, but what do you think it was that caused it? For him, like, his character, which made him so endearing, but he was just, he was he really was some, some, some form of anti-hero. Because he was really a, a total dick to everybody all the yeah. time. Yeah. So why did we love him so much? I, I don't know. know. And, and the fact is that, it, like that initial, like everybody sees him from a mile away and they see that initial sarcasm. They see what kind of person he is, but they still gravitate towards him. Like there's there's no reason to, but yet there's something about him. And I can't put I think my it's finger on because right, he's I was in the same situation as all the characters in the film. Yeah. I mean, I think it has to do with the fact that he is just so funny. Yeah. And like, there's a scene where you kind of get to really see who he is as a person. Right at the very beginning of the film, when they go to this movie premiere and his girlfriend works for a film festival. Yeah. Uh, speaking of film festivals, Calgary International Film Festival is coming up. Right soon, around so the make corner. Make sure you get your tickets. Um, but. Uh, so they go to this film and they're meeting the director and afterwards she's like, oh, I want to introduce you to the director. And, and he's like, oh, what'd you think of the film? He's, his comment was just, <laughs> it was, just like, it was well, do you remember what he said? I don't remember exactly what it was. But it was basically something like, it was it was epic or it was an adventure or something <laughs> like completely. And then all the way home, he was dissing the movie the whole way. And yeah. and that's what kind of started the first fight between the, the two of them. And you get to see kind of who he is as a person. Yeah. Which actually what cemented the fact that it's, you know, it was Bryce, let's face it. Yeah, <laughs> Except Bryce would just avoid the question. He wouldn't have answered it. What is said? <laughs> but we both looked, Murray, we both looked at each other in the cinemas and we both we looked at the screen i pointed at him and then i pointed at bryce and he went <laughs> shook his head yeah that's me <laughs> yeah this this is worth checking out uh go see shortcomings um yeah. i'm actually kind of shocked uh what's the director's name 
I didn't expect this from him. Long story short. What was? Um, do you remember something he'd done before? Uh, this is first time he's directed anything, but he's a comedian and he's an actor, and you've seen him in a, a ton of stuff. Randall Park. Randall Park. Oh yeah, I like Randall Park. Yeah. He's, he's the guy from one of those Asian shows that was on TV. Yeah, he's yeah, in a, he was. He's in, a, uh, he's in a ton of stuff. He and was I, in that Seth Rogen film where he goes to Korea too. And yeah, he plays yeah. the Korean. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. So he I gets see, comedy. I, he gets, and that's the thing. He, he gets comedy. He, I didn't expect this from him though. Like this is just next level. This is next level because it's not only funny. It's it's like completely just biting and satirical, and it just like there's so many layers to what's going on in this. And I just I did, and I and I realize it was a superior script he was dealing with as well. But man, did he bring it to life! So this is actually based on a graphic novel. Yeah, I, I read that somewhere. Like what? Like, what? This is based on a graphic yeah. novel by Adrian Tomin, Tomin or T O M I N E. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, now I want to see this graphic novel. So like, there you go. But yeah, no, go check this out. Do yourself a favor. Yeah, and do us a favor. Put butts in seats. Butts in seats, especially to you, like good movies. You unlike have, you the have next stock and thing we're gonna talk <laughs> no, about. No, I wish I, I wish I had. No, I don't want. It. I wish I had any stock. I don't think cinema is gonna last another 10 years but that's just me unfortunately but anyway I but you that, can I change that listeners that's right you can change it by going to the cinema it doesn't have to be barbenhammer weekend for you to go see things Correct. which which leads us into the big ticket of the week which the mur is going to talk about right now oh it's my turn now yeah it is all right then. Well, finally we got to. Could one have been your seen. turn at all those other ones too. <laughs> yeah, you, could well. have, you could have chosen to not go to this one and go to one of those. <laughs> I, I could have chosen to not go to work and make money. <laughs> you could no, have no, done that. You work. could have skipped this movie and went to one of those good movies instead. <laughs> that is true, but you know, I have to say, only if you want rages from those last two. When I when I looked when I looked at our schedule before actually going to see any of them, the only one that I was excited to go to was the one that Murray's going to talk about right now. And I was not. Color me shocked. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I was just thinking while I was listening to you two... Yammer? Ramble on. About excellent uh, cinema. I actually could have written down what your ratings were going to be for these five movies before the podcast even started. I would have gone five for five. Okay, Gu well, guarantee you, you're not there yet. Uh, okay, well, no, yeah, let's I guarantee you I would have. Let's predict. Let's okay. So I guarantee you okay. don't predict my rating of the last one or the second last one. Yeah, well, I have no idea what that one is. But. Oh, okay. whoa, okay. Oh, oh, oh it's easy what he can say. He can <laughs> predict things five, before. Well, he, he can me, predict I'll, beforehand. I'm gonna do it next that's, week, and you'll see. How that's easy. Right. All right. Okay. Anyway, we're gonna start next week with Murray's predictions. I pretty much knew he would hate this. It, this um, is the start of next week, everybody. Yep. Murray's predictions. Effective now, it's Murray's predictions. He's going to tell us what our rating is. We'll see if he's right. Yeah, that's right. And okay. I will be. Uh, Meg, we'll see. Meg 2, The Trench. So what did you think I was going to give this, Murray, before we saw it? Um, now? Okay. You, let's, want, you want me to tell you right now? Yeah, tell me what you thought I was going to rate this. Uh, I think you're probably going to give no, it. No, not what I th you think I'm going to because you saw it with me. But yes. what did you think I was going to give this before, before we saw it? Before we saw it? Yes. Mondo. Okay, there you go. So As was I. Yeah, there you go. Now, tell us tell us the, your journey <laughs> to Meg 2. <sighs> Meg 2 continues the adventures of Jonas and his merry band of heroes. <laughs> 
See, I wrote this myself, by the way. I thought it was Meg to the Trench. Uh, The story this time, such as it was, centered on his efforts as an eco-warrior trying to save the oceans. Oh, that's nice. Complicating things is a nefarious mining company (laughs) that is looking for a fortune in underwater minerals and destroying everything in its path. I think in one of the shots, wasn't there like... um, Nuclear waste or something at the bottom of the ocean. I don't know. I don't know what the frick was Uh, going on. Oh yeah, and there were some giant sharks. Oh right, yeah, there Um, was. There was a giant. So this was a shark movie, right? Uh, I think that's what they wanted us to believe. That's what we was advertised. Mm -hmm. uh, Because you wouldn't know it by the first ninety minutes, where the megalodons were a mere footnote in the plot. They even had one as a pet. As anybody who's seen Jurassic Park knows, that never ends well. Um, Mm -hmm. It was captured and held in captivity. Spoiler alert, it escapes. What's that movie about the killer whale that they try to keep as a pet? And it blackfish? (laughs) (laughs) That that shows you right there. If you want to keep wild animals in cages, they're going to try and kill you back. Of course they are. Uh, Everything you loved about the first Meg movie, the plucky hero, the cute as a button CLF, I didn't love it. The love story. People getting killed by giant sharks. Mm-hmm. That was all missing from this movie. Oh, uh, oh but they did bring back the annoying dog named Pippin. Pippin! Who, incidentally, was also the dog's name in Jaws. It, uh, But it wasn't the same owner, I don't It wasn't think. the same dog. Oh, okay. No, the original okay. dog was like a lab or a retriever dead. or something. No, no, it was a little... This was a little... It was a little rat like thing. Yeah, no, the one in the Jaws movie was a big dog. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. no I just meet Meg oh, one. Oh, oh yeah, no, it was supposed to no, no, it's the same Pepin. I don't think it is. Yeah, I think it is. Really? It's the same shitty little dog <laughs> with the little bow tie on on its forehead. At least it was, it was meant to be anyway. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe that one died. Who cares? Who cares? Who knows? Um, the kid went from adorable Someone cares. to annoying. Talking here. He is. The kid went from adorable to annoying. The woman that Jonas fell in love with was gone. And there was hardly a shark in sight. What was left was a convoluted story about eco-terrorism. And all the original characters from the first one that survived apparently joined the Expendables or something. Uh, If it wasn't for the last 20 minutes of this film, it would have been a hard rage. Uh, Jim and I were so looking forward to this. Um, so this time, another beach. Pippin was there, as well as a bunch of tasty morsels we affectionately call chum. Um, extra bonus, prehistoric crocodiles. They kill people 25,000 feet below and on land. Yeah, that confused me. There was a flash of brilliance, a la Meg versus Giant Squid. I could have watched a whole movie about that. Was that a squid? I thought oh, it was a squid, octopus, whatever. What's the difference? What's the difference? I honestly don't give a crap what the difference One's is. One's longer and the other uh, one's not. It just, it wasn't good enough to make this a good movie. It was a barely watchable meh. Whoa, you are being like super generous. Mm. Oh, sorry. I didn't, I didn't want to ru- ruin what I might rate it. Go ahead, Bryce. Meg 2, The Trench is two movies in one. The first is full of junk science as a crew goes down into an underwater trench where they thought they were 
they were the first to go down to. This is going to get convoluted, by the way. What? But what? Sort this of, movie this, you're going to tell us about? Yeah, I'm just going to. I'm just going to. So you don't have to watch it. Underground, uh, underwater trench where they thought they were the first to go down to, but some sort of resources being mined by some folks that got there first by using the technology from the first crew. And there are giant creatures that live down there. And the people running the mining expedition are connected to the research expedition, but the latter knows nothing about the former. And they will kill the latter group to keep on to keep on mining. Secretly for, mining. For whatever. And for some reason, a giant shark has broken out of a holding facility to follow them down there. And they end up having to leave their submarine and walk along the bottom of the ocean to, to get to the mining base in order to survive because they're going to run out of oxygen. But did and, you, did and, you, then, no, no, and then oh. a, a, a bunch of other ridiculous stuff happens. And then there's, there's, uh, it's, it's all um, grounded in, in more junk science. Mm. And then, then? More, more, more ridiculous stuff happens. Oh. And they survive as everything explodes and they are chased by giant underwater creatures. Okay, so that was the first movie of the two oh, movies. Okay. That's so in it was this. like a, a, a regular movie and then yeah, a short this, kind of, it was an like extended part short. One. There should have been an intermission after that. I, I kind of agree. The second movie is, is also full of junk science and takes place at, at Fun Island where giant sharks and an octopus-like creature attack the vacationers, but they're saved by Jason Statham as he utters clever dialogue. <laughs> like, see you later, chum. Best line of the movie. This was, the this only was, line in the this movie. was supposed to be a fun summer blockbuster, but it was not fun in any way. And yes, the CGI was awful, but in no way was that the worst thing about this convoluted what? series of ridiculous occurrences what? that weren't ridiculous enough, I suppose, as that can be fun. But this was not. This was a rage. Huh. I never saw that coming at all. Yeah, no, mean. So, was this number two? Yes. Of the Meg franchise? Oh. Who cares? Yeah, I guess it was. Okay. But it was definitely number two. Or the Greenpeace transporter visits the movie of the Biss, then visits a James Bond villain's lair before landing in Jurassic Park on Fun Island. And I'm putting heavy quotes there because Fun Island did not seem very it fun. It wasn't very fun. And it wasn't also very fun for me. Well... It has the absolute worst underwater filming in CGI, where you basically have no idea why or what is happening for the first half of the movie, because that's kind of, they're walking along the ocean for half the movie, I guess. Yes. Uh, I know jo Jonas- I usually like walking movies. I know, but, but you couldn't see what they were doing and it was really yeah. dumb. Uh, I know Jonas, AKA, Jason Statham was a superhero last film, but I don't seem to remember him being the transporter goes to sea where he's an action kung fu star. In fact, I know that's not the case, and I will tell you a little bit of that in a minute. But apparently, this is what he was in this film. He went from 
being an underwater sea person, which I don't even think he had a title. He was just a guy who knows how to use scuba gear. Mm. Um, and in, in this one, all the fun, and I'm putting heavy quotes there too, that was in the first one is sucked out of it, kind of like the air out of a scuba tank, until they seemingly remember that the movie last time was a partial comedy. So they all of a sudden try to put funny bits in it, like later in the movie. It's like, it's not funny at all for about the first hour and a half. And then they're like, you know what's missing here? We should probably put some funny one-liners and some other stuff that would make this funny. Mm. Right? That's what it kind of felt like to me. Oh, sure. So yeah, um, none of that was there. No. No, it was bad. Plus, the science of machinery and the science of biology with underwater sea creatures that can evolve to breathe air in a matter of seconds. Yeah, what's that? And and lucky convenience fills every Why were single they walking? Why did they have action feet? scene? Every single action scene that happens in this has a lucky convenience factor happen everything mm. every single thing because every single one of them should have been dead if based on what they were filming but none of that happens it was just like you know what they, they're gonna die but you know what let's just change the camera angle and then they something falls on the monster or you know let's uh let's do this and then oh look the helicopter blade cuts a monster's arm off and it was like everything it was like 65 almost because if you remember 65 and how stupid it was it was kind of like Okay, let's just throw something else that was in there. 65 was so much better than this. Yeah, I agree. 65 had really good CGI. Um, there was two funny bits that made me laugh out loud. Otherwise, this entire movie was a hot mess of a Fast and the Furious goes to Sea World episode. And I'm saying is episode because it was almost like a TV show because there was nothing really of any value here. Uh where I was angry that there wasn't really anyone eaten in the entire movie. I thought that was going to be what we were seeing. Oh, I thought we were going to go see a movie that at, had people at, getting at eaten the end, by the sharks. bad guys got eaten. Did they? I don't remember oh, if they no, did. No, they did. I think they were squished by something. No, or... the evil woman got dragged away by the by. Yeah, the but you didn't get to see her get eaten. You just saw her get dragged away. And, she could have been mating with it and, for all and, I know. And the see later chum, the guy got eaten by the shark. No, well, it was after he was dead. Like oh, he was just no. eating chum at that point. Maybe that's what made the line funny. I don't know. The only person by the time this got to the end of the movie that I wanted to be see eaten was Jason Statham for making this number two of a movie. Mm. Or in other words, a poop. Yes. Of a movie. I, I, I made the connection. Yeah. Or, as we might say on Film Rage, oh. as a rage yes. of a movie. So there was bad. There was so much bad in this. How did you get this to a man? Like, that... The it, last 20 minutes. Yeah, really but it wasn't... It. It, was, it was... It was... I mean, the guy... Like, they're fueling up the chopper while it's in the air. Uh, and the guy, like, jumped out of the chopper at the end in slow motion. I'm like... That shit makes me laugh. That was funny. Uh, that that was the shit second makes part. me laugh. That's, that's the second. That's what kept it, was it the, from being a rage. Because it was the dumbest scene that I I've ever seen in my life. I enjoyed the last 20 minutes. If it, was, if it was a half hour film, the last 30 minutes of the movie, it would have been a mondo for if me. The, if the last 20 minutes of rage. the movie would have been an hour and a half movie, yeah, 
Uh, yeah, That's I what I mean. No. Yeah, it just, Meg no. versus the octopus could have been like a half hour battle. I would have loved no. to see that. <laughs> no. See, I went back and watched Meg 1 after seeing this. Uh-huh. And there was so many good things in Meg 1. I know no. Bryce is going to disagree. But in Meg 1, they, they kind of had a bunch of science stuff at the beginning too. Mm. But it was still more fun. And the, the the actual CGI was way better. I don't know what they the did. The CGI was awful in this. Like that opening <laughs> sequence with the with the dinosaurs and that, whatnot. That I enjoyed. That was awful. When the when the Meg comes out and grabs the dinosaur, he doesn't even bite down all the way. Like the CGI is so bad that they didn't do any blood. They didn't do anything. It just came out and kind of his mouth was open and they just took that image of the dinosaur and put it in his mouth and the mouth didn't even really close. It was, it was just so stupid. It was it, it looked was, awful. Yeah, this this is this is not a movie to go see if you're expecting to see sharks eating people or blood. Or blood. Or, I mean, this isn't even a horror movie. I think it's, it's just, more of a I don't know what it is. And and I don't understand like were they trying to make a point about Greenpeace? Because the, the, that point didn't come across either. There was no point. And, and there's a, the part, I mean, there's just so many pieces. But the one, the things that got super ridiculous was those stupid creatures that that could now swim. In case you guys missed it. What? It's uh, rated PG. Yeah, well, no Yeah, kidding. that's the problem with the movie, Murray. Well, that's what we're saying, talking I'm about. I'm not saying if I'm right. I'm just saying... That's, that's one part of the that's you're one expecting small blood, part. but it's a yeah. PG movie. Yeah, but that's that uh, movies that sharks eat people shouldn't be rated PG, well, and that. they should be eating people. But the part where they're 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 having to walk super slow to get to this, I don't know, facility that was built under there, which yeah. must have taken years to build. Like yeah. the entire yeah, there's the no entire way. Yeah. the entire time it was built, it would have taken it would have been longer than when the last movie was, yeah. and. And the fact that they're walking, and then all of a sudden they go, Ooh, we're running out of air. We should probably run. I'm like, why the fuck weren't you running as soon as you knew that it was there? It was the it's, it was so bad. Every all, single science bit in it was terrible. Yeah. It was just not good. I I really, really hated this movie. Yeah. And I I, I loved the first one. I really did. So did I. Yeah. Okay. Don't see this movie. It's terrible. Yeah. Somebody That's will. good advice. Yeah, a lot of people did see it. Yeah, like some like two hundred million people went. Yeah, yeah, uh, what well, they had, it didn't do that well. Yeah, I don't know. This it, this is. It, I guarantee it didn't take down Barbie. I didn't know. God no. It, I just don't understand Actually, why this. They tried to make it a, a did superhero. It, did it not take film. down Oppenheimer? On uh, the said? first weekend, it did, but whether yeah, it will take out weekend. Oppenheimer, yeah, just opening weekend, like last weekend, it, it did better yeah, it than probably, Oppenheimer. It probably did better. Yeah, that's because Oppenheimer's been out for eight. Well, nine, no, 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 no. Before. It took out Oppenheimer's first weekend. First weekend, uh, yes, it didn't take out. And Barbies. that's an IMAX movie, which they charged double for. Yeah, yeah. FYI, yeah, and is a million times better. Seven, FYI, seven hundred yeah, right. million In times better. Opinion, maybe. In one hundred billion times. Better. I almost raged about that one. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But you know what? If you like sharks eating people, go watch there Jaws. You go. There you go. That's all I want to say. So we got to see another movie in cinemas. What a surprise! Number four with a bullet. Yeah, we saw Theater Camp. It's not Theater Camp Mutant Mayhem? No, just Theater Camp. Okay. Theater Camp. Theater Camp The Trench? No, not The Trench. (laughs) It's not a sequel. 
It's not a reboot. It's uh, what it's is a, it? It's an original piece. It stands on its own. All by itself. Okay. Well, what is it? What is theater camp? Because it sounds fun. I remember uh, going to theater camp. Was it as fun yeah. as this? Theater camp is the story of a struggling camp in upstate New York one summer. Oh, wait. Pause. Yes. What did you think he was going to rate this, Murray? Um, I've got you guys giving it a mondo. Okay. okay let's All see right. what happens. Yeah, see what happens. The formula is simple as the camp must perform a successful play to keep it going as there is a deadline to pay their debts or they will be taken over by an evil corporation. The story is simple and dumb, and yet it doesn't really matter. What this film is really about is the characters within this simple and dumb story. Their stories are the heartbeat of this film. It is a testament to the fact that if you write really compelling characters, that is all you really need to make an entertaining film. You can have the stupidest ass plot in the history of film. Mm -hmm. As long as the characters are written well. Freddy got fingered. It's just so good. <laughs> exactly. Bre Bressie, would you like some, some sausage? sausage? <laughs> so, yeah, the lead cast are all very good, but it is the kids they cast that really shine. There are so many sequences in this that had me laughing out loud. It is one of those films that restores my faith in the genre of comedy. At one point, someone in the film says, people here are weird, but really wonderful. That pretty much sums it up. This film was pretty weird and wonderful and monster. <gasps> Murray nailed it. I'm surprised you thought would have thought that we. Well, the only the reason why I think maybe he wouldn't give it a mondo is because of the sheer volume of singing in this movie. Because hmm. you guys don't like musicals, period. That's not true. I. <laughs> That's don't true like with him. That's not true with me. He I loves musicals. You like to put yeah. me in a box, yeah. but. Yeah. You no, I, I, there is no box that will fit oh, me, my friend. After the There's show, I want, I want your list of top five musicals you like then. I like The Wizard of Oz. That's no, a musical. No, you. Him. I liked uh, La La Land. I, I like, yeah, I like a ton of musicals. What are I you talking about? I like Phantom of the Paradise. I like good musicals. I don't I like, like to know. I don't like crap like Phantom of the Opera. I like Phantom good musicals. Phantom of the Paradise, though. Phantom of the Paradise was okay. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, it was okay. <laughs> Paul Williams? Come on. What's wrong with you? Well, speaking of... Theater camp. Mm. Take the best things of Christopher Guests. Christopher, Christop, 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 Crystal Berg. No, Christopher, Christopher Guest. You actually had it at one I point. Did, I did. And then I, then I completely dropped it. Then you corrected the, yourself, even though you didn't need to correct yourself. <laughs> Christopher Guest's best in show. Yes. Say that five times fast. Christopher Guest, best in show. 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 I did it easily. Wow, you're fucking amazing. Didn't even miss it. I am terrible at saying. I they're can't even say it once. So mix in Christopher Guest's best in show. Yep. Stir in School of Rock. Okay. And add a sprinkling of the wackiness of Rob Reiner's film North. And you have the Sign musical dance straight gay film yes. that has football, stage fighting, drama, and some of the most fun and fabulous cast of characters to ever show up in a self-deprecating portrait of what in theater business call home. Or maybe camp. Nice. The humor in this is nonstop with some of the best writing and true belly laugh comedy that every single person watching with us were laughing throughout the film. Well, there was only five of us, 
Yes. We were nonstop laughing, all five of us. I can imagine if the cinema was full, how much fun this would have been that all other three people, including Bryce and I. That would be five. There'd be so much laughter, you would not be able to hear the screen at times. Mm. And the funniest thing about it was they were laughing at some things that we weren't laughing at. And we were laughing at things that they weren't laughing at. So doesn't matter who watches this movie, you're going to see things from a different angle, which I found very refreshing. But ultimately, everybody was seeing an enjoyable film. Let's face it. Everyone who knows me, as it's already been discussed, knows musicals are not my favorite genre. Most times I see musicals and the songs are so incredibly awful. As I have mentioned many times before, well, they want to sing about a bagel or something completely stupid. This film, the fact that they were making fun of this actually made it funnier. And on top of that, all the comedy and singing, we get stories of these kids that are both kids outlandishly so stereotypical, yep. but heartwarming and a song called Camp about Joan. Yes. Still brought tears to my eyes. See what I did there? I do. Jones both, still. Both from over laughter and because that straight kid came out to his gay parents as straight in a way that melted my cold, dead heart. Yes. I felt like the Grinch as I was watching it, as I was crying my eyes out when he came out to his parents as straight. This was one of the funniest films I have seen in years. It brought me back to being a geeky theater kid who also played football and had a great message for all of you. I loved camp as a kid, and apparently I love camp musicals as an adult. This was Mondo. Now, did you get to see this, Mark? I did. Oh, oh really? <laughs> I had to go at 10 o'clock this morning, but I did see it. Wow. Boy. Okay. And there was, Do tell. And there were two other people in there with me. Huh. See, why are more people seeing this? Or maybe Murray's going to tell us why. So another little known fact about me. Mm. I've been a theater geek since I was eight years Ooh, old. You must have really liked this. You did. I've oh, written, written and acted in plays my entire life. And drama class class literally saved me from being a, bore, a boring existence in the corporate world and brought me out of my timid shell. So I get it. I really do. Uh, I wish they had camps like this when I was a kid. I went to a camp like well, this. Well, you're in Ontario or something. They I didn't did. have in Saskatchewan. I lived in Toronto. They didn't have in Saskatchewan. Uh, though performing in four different productions at the same time seems a bit much for a bunch of kids. But they were and all cast were, based on their skill level. And they camp. Were, they were super serial. Can I finish? Yeah, sorry. It's camp. Where the hell was the swimming and canoeing and volleyball slash softball slash that's, games of That's tag? not the type of camp it was. Camp is camp, no matter what you're doing. Football camp, you still have to like. Theater camp, stuff. I didn't go swimming. I you went to basketball any, camp, and all we did was play basketball. You didn't do any outdoor activities at theater camp. Not well, one. we did outdoor acting in theater that's camp. It. You didn't play at no. all. No. We wow. were playing. We were play acting. That this, would have sucked. This camp was what I did. Yeah. I think this was my childhood. Yeah. Uh, I mean, art is art, but they still got to be kids. They're still kids. Even oh. if they're, you know, outcasts or whatever it is that, you know, they yeah. still have to be able to have fun letting loose. I'm trying to understand your point. Well, here, they, need, but... they need downtime. 
as someone yeah. who's actually been on Did stage kids, and though? done performing, they need to shut off once in a while. These Otherwise, your did. brain will explode. But you did see in the movie that they have kids that are going to this camp to get cast in things. Like, this is yeah, this, this is this like a like, prep. This is like a prep rec- A lot of them were, re- were actually recruited to the camp. Yeah, well, yeah. This isn't something that your mom just comes up and slaps I've down got money. You can go. Drops you off. Yeah. Anyway, my point. Okay, that's what I was wanting to get to. Is as someone who's been involved with theater since I could talk, even I wouldn't want to be on all the time like these kids were. Like, honestly, I need to switch off once in a while. Like any other thing. If you're an accountant, you can't crunch numbers 24-7. You have to have something else to... to have you met accountants? Not if you're passionate enough about numbers. Just saying. These kids were... were Weird. We're, oh, sorry, passionate. what did you say? It was weird and wonderful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> People right. here are weird, yeah, that's but really <laughs> wonderful. Uh, theater geeks will love this movie. Yeah. There were plenty of witty original musical numbers and inside jokes. Yeah. Uh, CLFs exploding all over the place. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I think it's a little too niche for general audiences. Mm. If you don't go to a lot of plays, if you're not a theater person, you probably won't get half of this movie. And you'll probably get bored by it halfway through because these kids can be annoying. Um, I get what the filmmakers were trying to do. Uh, anybody who's seen a Christopher Guest film yes. will love it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are flaws. And as Bryce pointed out, the writing is pretty weak sometimes. The plot isn't exactly complicated. Oh, the plot isn't complicated. That's true. Uh, the cast and their eccentric characters more than make up for it. I have to admit the idea for the final musical production seemed a bit out there. I know. <laughs> like, whatever happened, like the classics. Like, the ones that everyone else did when they were going through but school. But that's not what it was. Every year they Just wrote saying. a new they play. They wrote an no, original they, one they, every no, year. But they had four on the go. One of them was Cats, but thankfully we didn't get to see. <laughs> but they had four different productions they were yes. talking about. And this there was, was the that fourth. many kids. This was the fourth one. Yep. Um, yeah, uh, Dan, if I didn't have a few man tears during the final number, nice as adorable as the very talented kids were, I disliked pretty much all of the adults, especially the usually reliable Ben Platt. They took the sweetest, kindest character from the pitch perfect films and made him a pretentious jerk for like 95% of the movie. Yeah. Which I didn't like, because I, you know, I liked him in the other movies. Like you he, have to, he, he, had, he had a sweetness about him. When he's in the new movie, you have to imagine that so, he's that person. So if he plays no, someone sweet that you like, now he has to play sweet for no, like the I rest of his career? No, but like, or you won't like him? Uh, yeah. That's pretty <laughs> much how it goes. <laughs> okay. okay. But no, the thing is, like, I didn't like his attitude throughout the whole thing. Yes, I, mean, no, I didn't there. either, but that's why he was he's there. He's there for the kids, and yeah, he was he 100%. Didn't have his, he's all about himself. He 100% didn't have, all about himself. But he, he had a come to Jeebus moment. Yeah, sure. Right? I mean, that's what happened at the end. I don't know. Sorry, I just spoiled the ending, everybody. Anyway, he was kind of like Adam De- Devine, but in reverse, hmm. who played the biggest jerk in the world in Pitch Perfect, but he's actually a nice guy for the most part. I don't even remember Pitch Perfect. I know, well, you're trying that, not then, to. Then that's your fault. <laughs> um, the doofus in charge, the guy with the lisp, with a hat that says brain dead. Nice. Pretty much sums it up right there. Uh, I did have a lot of laugh out loud moments and some nostalgia from my childhood. I just didn't love everything about this film. Entertaining, toe-tapping, meh. Okay. 
Sorry, I just didn't love it. Toe tapping. No need to apologize. Yeah, no. You, I mean, hey. And I don't like a lot own of it. If, if they had just done it, own I'm it. sorry, but I thought this was Mondo. <laughs> I know you did. See, that's what I wrote down. I'm not apologizing. Like minutes ago. I'm not apologizing for anything. I also thought this was Mondo. And wait, I don't apologize for anything, I, I think, and feel. Which is the way it should be. All right, so before we talk about the next film that we, the last film we saw in cinemas. I have no idea what it is. It's called Ransomed. Sure. And it's a Korean action film. Sure. Murray, what did we rate it? I gave it a meh for you guys. Okay. All right. Just All a right. hunch. All right. Although I didn't know it was Korean at the time. So now that you know it's Korean, what what should it be? You probably gave it a Mondo. There you go. You probably gave it a Mondo. I don't All know right. about him. All right. Mm. Interesting. Is he loves his Korean films, especially I, when they're action films. Who I I well I love my Korean films. I don't necessarily love Korean Hence action films. The man. Well, wait, wait. Okay, Just so saying. let me tell you about Ransomed. Yeah, please do. I actually need to listen. All right. No, you don't listen. You just talk over everybody. No, I need to listen this time. This because it's about a Korean film. Yeah. Well, you'll get to why I need to listen when I do. Oh yeah, that's. <laughs> I can tell you why he needs to, but let's just wait for that. All right. So, Ransomed, Korean period piece, biopic, action, political, spy thriller. Huh. Where a Korean diplomat in the 80s is abducted for ransom. Okay, yeah. Because they think he's Japanese, but still ask for $5 million in ransom. Ransom, yeah. A hard-working but overlooked diplomat named Ming Jun, played by Ha Jung Woo, mm. decides to take the ransom to Lebanon to rescue said ransomed original diplomat. Right. He conveniently jumps in the car with a Korean-born taxi driver. Right. See what I said there? Yeah, Convenient. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, who lives in Lebanon. Right. And then the craziness starts... First and foremost, you make a Korean drama, and it's usually 99 times out of 100, it's a Mondo. Mm. And they're usually the best dramas that you'll see that year. That's make a true. Korean horror movie. Also, there's a 99 so times good. out of 100 chance that you make it, and it's going to be a Mondo. Absolutely. Make a Korean action film, mm. and our odds of awesomeness go down proportionately Why is that? to the number of layered genres that are in said action film. In this one... We got Korean period piece, biopic, action, political, spy thriller. So if you're That's doing the lot. math, if you're doing the math. That's like 40. It's not, it's not putting a lot of hope there. So there was not a lot of hope. <laughs> no. For a 99 out of 100 chance of it being outstanding. Part of it is that like most Korean action films I've seen, have a tendency to add a lot of little tiny details that you don't always need to be in there. Mm. And this movie was over two hours long. <sighs> Man, it was long. Yeah. Um, Although it didn't seem that long to me, but I'll get into yeah, that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and, and on top of, <laughs> they fall into the same traps biopic period piece films have mm. they are overstuffed with scene after scene of things you know for a fact never happened to make it more exciting i'm not saying as an action film it wasn't i wasn't sort of liking the action side of it 
but it was too long and too much yeah. detail and convenience yeah. be damned just telling an interesting true political thriller i mean that could have been really 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 good i like the story they were kind of trying to tell uh i just wished it was maybe 20 minutes um of my life back at sorry, at a minimum 20 minutes of my life back mm. on this um and not overly stuffed buddy road movie between our taxi driver and our gi man it's a korean film and for that reason alone I don't think they have the ability to make a truly terrible film. By American standards, this would have been a Mondo, but as I have higher standards for my love of Korean films, you still get a very low, meh, it was almost a rage. Because mm. I was entertained. Mm -hmm. Don't try and overstuff action films with Americanized ideas. Just stick to the Korean model of filmmaking make it awesome make it original and make it mondo don't so, fill it full of americanized crap which is right, what this was right so yeah so a lot of what you're saying there it sounds kind of familiar yeah but i pretty much slept through this whole movie <laughs> he did he was snoring i saw it in three minute segments as i floated in and out of consciousness <laughs> It was the third in a triple header, and my stamina was just not And there. now Bryce knows what it's like to be me. <laughs> you make me go to three movies in one day, and the last, one, last fine, one is a foreign film with subtitles. I got a puppy, and it's and killing me. you wonder why I fall asleep. This in. was from, full of subtitles, too, Murray. That's what I mean. From what subtitles, I saw... Subtitles, 11 o'clock at night, I'm sleeping right beside him. From what I saw, it was just another Korean action film that was probably kind of like the rest of them, just okay. But I can't really give it a rating, as although I was in the theater for its entire duration, I was only awake for maybe 20 to 25 minutes of its over two hour runtime. So <laughs> I, was, I, I gotta, I so gotta abstain nice from giving a rating. On so the, the funniest thing about it, Murray, was is that at the end, I'm like, okay, so I know you were sleeping at this point because I heard you snoring. So I told him a little bit. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And I'm like, and then I'm like, do you remember this part? He's like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, that was like the main part of the movie. Yeah. Then you, then you said, do you remember this other part? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I can remember that part. Do you remember when they're running along the top of the... And then no. he's talking about this convoluted action sequence. And I was like, It was kind of cool. I was like, are you so, actually making this up? <laughs> I probably would have given this movie a Mondo. Maybe. Except for the fact that I wasn't going to any movie at you were, at You night. probably wouldn't have made it through, though. You no, would have fallen asleep. No, it's a lot of, a lot of subtitles. So the good thing about this was that it not only was mostly Korean, but it was also Arabic, because it mm -hmm. was in Lebanon. Yep. And it was also scenes where there was English with both Korean and Arabic. So it was so much subtitles yes. in this, Murray. It, it was, was awesome. veritable I'm melting pot. Melting pot of mm -hmm. subtitles. Of and... The subtitles were all done amazing, by the way. There was times where you had uh, Korean subtitles and English subtitles on at the yeah, same time. It was good. It was awesome. Subtitles are subtitles were Mondo. <laughs> there we go. Rest of the movie I can't comment on because I didn't really see it. But I intend to watch it someday. Someday. Well, that'll learn you to first see a movie. Five I actually tried to week. I actually tried to find it online and it just doesn't exist. But wait, he's seen more than five this week. Well, okay, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Monster I mean, five in, in the cinema. Monster in law. 
You know, we're almost at an hour already. I know we, we are. Been, we still have half a pod. We still movies. have a half a podcast to go to. <laughs> Well, mine isn't going to be short. Listeners, get, get ready. You always say yours isn't going to yours is going to be short, and then it's, it's like not. twenty-seven no, minutes long. I, was about, it's, I just if you had listened, I would have said it's not going to be short. Oh, excellent! Uh, That's okay. You don't listen to me. Nice. Oh, I'm going to have another nap. I have you a feeling there's nap. a merman minute wake, coming. Wake you up in ten minutes, and I'm done. All right. <laughs> <laughs> get me out of this madhouse. <laughs> madhouse. Madhouse. Uh, it's time for me to throw some shade at the direction of what? the evil overlords uh-huh. at Disney. Oh, baby. Yeah, we've been doing that. Yeah, but yeah. I wasn't here Pile last week. Pile on, I baby. wasn't here last week. Yeah. Yes, get... And I am eternally grateful I didn't have to sit through Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Oh, Be God. thankful. I don't know if I could have made it through the Eddie Murphy one, but you take him out of the equation, and yeah, there's no way in hell I would have gone through it. No. I don't think I've ever watched the Eddie Murphy one. The only it's reason really why I would have seen too. it. You know the why? The reason why I would have seen it. Because it's a theme park ride movie. Yeah, mm. which I'm not going to elaborate too much on. Um, as people know by now, I'm not working in the film industry right now because nope. of jerks like them and the ongoing strikes. Plural. So it give, gives me an endless joygasm to announce that Disney is the big loser of the film industry in 2023. What? Disney owns the MCU... That's Marvel, Star Wars, Avatar, and a huge library of iconic classics. I'm despite, sorry, why are they losing them? Uh, despite this, Disney has several big box office failures, what? causing the company to lose an estimated $900 million across several underperforming movies. But didn't they make thir- $3 billion on Avatar that just made it all back up in one movie? Maybe James Cameron had an 80% cut of that. Who knows? Oh. Uh, first off, let's go Little Mermaid. I watched it last week. Uh, it it's actually, awful. It actually made a little over $560 million. What? However, it had a production budget of $250 million. So that's still money. These budgets don't, don't include marketing or distribution. It looks mm. awful. Meaning that the break-even point is somewhere around two and a half times the budget. Well, it wouldn't make a profit until it makes over $600 million at the box office. Plus, it sucked. Yes, it did. Next up, Elemental. It had one of Pixar's lowest grossing opening weekends in the company's history. It's literally I, I didn't even idea. realize it had been released. Exactly. I thought it was still coming out. It only made $29 million at the box office on opening weekend. Huh. It eventually made over $395 million, but it cost $200 million to make it. So it might break even, again, with all the marketing costs. Mm. Next up, your favorite, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. The Dial of Poopador. It was a massive box office bomb. Sweet. It was a train wreck, literally. It was mm. a massive failure, making only $356 million on a budget of $300 million. Once you factor in the marketing distribution, that makes it one of the biggest bombs of all time. Thank wow. God. Although I didn't mind it. It was poopy. It was the poopiest poop of all the poops. And finally, Haunted Mansion. Oh. Yeah. The box office was an immediate disaster. Their last major movie of this year was uh, summer 2023 was Haunted Mansion. 
It made only $33 million in the opening weekend. Nice. Hinting it probably won't succeed either. Yes. The budget for that piece of crap was $150 million. Nice. And it was a remake of a theme park ride. Mm. I believe Jim has already elaborated on that topic. Yes, I have. Really, the only successful Disney film of the summer was Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Which was good. There are many reasons for this phenomenon. One of the biggest is overinflated budgets. When a movie costs that much, it has to make almost a billion dollars to make a profit. As well, viewers have soured on live action remakes. On top of that, summer 2023 has seen a ton of big budget films. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Transformers Rise of the Beast, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, Barbie, and Oppenheimer, just to name a few. Finally, the main reason for the box office failures and that giant rat and his cronies is most of their movies just aren't very good. Maybe those high salary executives should concentrate less on making theme park slash video game remakes and a little more on good movies. Just a thought. Mm, Yeah, what a thought. Uh, Kudos. That's a good list Mm. of crap. It is a list of crap. Well said. It's one of a million reasons why I hate Disney. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. is so simple this week uh i did uh, uh, probably seven hours of rage last week specifically on disney murray so it was well timed let's just keep that ball rolling but this week my rage is if you're gonna make a movie about anything that eats people i want to see it eat some people that's my rage simple uh it's my favorite genre and when you do it bad it really fucking pisses me off that's my rage. Mm. Simple, short, to the point. The Meg versus the octopus. That's what I want to see. I can, I can see that in a bunch of badly done movies. I don't want to see it in <laughs> Meg Two. That's the best part. Those badly done movies. Summer blockbuster movies are my rage. Having to sit through crap like Mission Impossible and Indiana Jones and The Meg every summer is starting to wear on me. I wish they would focus more on substance and less on spectacle. Why not spend more time coming up with a compelling script if you're going to pump hundreds of millions of dollars into making a film? That is my rage. Ditto. Except Mission Impossible. I'm seeing you're looking for a better answer than... Because they want to make money, yeah. You just terrible. you just had this whole diatribe on these movies not making money, so stop it. Oh no, those ones didn't make money. <laughs> the other ones did. Oh okay. <laughs> Barbie made a shit ton of money. I wasn't talking about Barbie. Just saying, it's also a blockbuster. Uh, yeah, that is a yeah, blockbuster. 
He's right. There's no way he's wrong. I am There's not no... wrong. Yeah, he is you're not wrong. wrong. No, it was a it was a blockbuster. You can't have your cake and eat it too, Buster. That's right, bus blockbuster. <laughs> Rage subsiding. Pulse slowing. Anger fading. All right, this is going to be short because we did not Hopefully. pick anything for last week because we didn't want to pick without Murr knowing. So, uh, Ellen Burstyn took down our boy Will Patton last week. So, Murray has now an updated list and has found us something for next week that hopefully we'll get to watch. Was I supposed to update the list? I don't know. <laughs> You're supposed to pick something out of the list that's... I can do that. I just didn't update There you go. <laughs> just know, just don't pick anything with Will Patton because he's no longer alive. No longer alive? Nope. And for those of you who are listening, if this is your first time listening to us, he's alive. He's just not he's, on the he's list. He's living and he's, breathing. He's, no he's just not mesmerizing. alive on the mesmerizing list. Go to our website, filmrageyyc.com. Look at our page called The Lists, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Now, what are we going to see for next week, the Mer? Well, I have a juicy one that actually I was going to bring up last time. I love juicy. I have got Justin Long. Nice. Who's still on our list? Yeah. Only thing I could find him in. Yep. And Peter Stormare. What? Little ditty called Jack and Diane. Happy Campers. And I looked it up. I believe it is is available on one of your streaming services. Nice. Might be Apple. I'm not sure. That's the best thing I've ever heard. I can't wait. Because you know what? If Peter Stormare took down. One of the greatest actors of all times. Justin Long? No, we don't know that yet. Who did she take out? He took out Tilda Swinton. So did he really? If he was strong yeah. enough to take down Tilda Swinton, I don't have a lot of hope for Justin Long. <laughs> no. Although, although Justin Long is pretty mesmerizing. He's, he's got a he's got a certain charm about. That's him. right. So I can't wait for this. I mean, if Stormar brings maybe his weakest game, it's possible. And Justin brings his. His it, regular Justin. Yep. I think it's going to be a showdown. It might have been a young Justin. Eh, what's the matter? Uh, I think he was. You know, Viola Davis young was young either. once too, and she's still amazing at oh, every single thing she does. Awesome. Bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> You're not doing us any harm. <laughs> Last week on Rage or Dare, after the two idiots I've aligned myself with finally figured out what movie Bryce was dared to see, they settled on the 2005 film Monster-in-Law. This week, Jim gets to Casey or Casey. Ooh, I hope he chooses Casey. Now, let's check in with Bryce and see if this movie was the best choice for Jane Fonda to come out of retirement for. Or should she have waited for the upcoming Barbarilla remake? Will Monster-in-Law be a J-Lo or a J-High? Let's find out. (laughs) All right, then. Monster-in-Law stars Jennifer Lopez and Jane Fonda. The script brought Jane Fonda out of retirement as she had not been in a film for 15 years. What? And decided to make this. Oh. Why would this be the film that brought her back to acting? Yeah. Why? I don't know. This was all kinds of terrible, but it also starred Wanda Sykes. The mesmerizing, the mesmerizing for life star proved why she has that title. 
She was delightful every second she was on screen. How many seconds was she on screen? Probably about all-inclusive. She was probably in there for 10 minutes. Oh, nice. But even her presence could not save a film that had two characters despising each other for the entire film. And then I guess because they were getting to the 90-minute mark of the film, they just kiss and make up in a, in a rushed resolution that conflicted with the first 99% of the film. <laughs> the film made no sense, and it wasn't funny other than Sykes, who was awesome as usual. But overall, this was a film that felt like a bad script from the 1950s, which made it not only awful, but outdated in 2005. Monster in Law was a rage. I'm not going to talk about the performances. They were all bad. Jane Fonda was ridiculous. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez is annoying. It's bleepity blank. This was awful. Awful. Yet every now and then I did get to smile while watching it because Wanda Sykes would appear. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Thank thank God for Wanda Sykes. If there is a God above, Wanda Sykes is proof he produced, of it. He produced, or sorry, they produced Wanda Sykes. Yes, it was really, really bad. Wanda Sykes is awesome. She is so good. Like, she almost made this a mess. She was so good. Uh, nah. But it wasn't possible. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God you didn't go there. All right, here we go. I'm taking Casey as opposed to Casey. Casey at the bat. Here we go. I've got a Casey in my hand. A handful of Casey in the bag. Ooh! What you watching? Ooh, one of my favorite movies of all times. Casey might have got this one wrong. Okay. It is one of the best Batman versions. I get to see the movie Batman. And Robin. And Robin. That's the George Clooney one, right? Yeah. It's the George Clooney one. It's the Clune. And the Schwarzenegger. You got, you got Clooney. You got Schwarzenegger. I think you got Poison Alicia, Ivy. You got Alicia Silverstone. Isn't, and Uma Thurman. Isn't Uma Thurman Uma Thurman's in, in it? That's right. Uh, and, and you got the bat nipples. Yeah, and uh, whatever. And the thongs. Uh, I might be able to. Chris or whatever his name is. You know that song, oh, I Touch Myself? I think that I might have to do that in this movie because I like the bat nipples. Well, until you yeah. said that, I was going to come over and watch it with you. Well, we have two although, although with Alicia Silverstone in that tight outfit, I might end. Oh, right. She's not attractive, but whatever. <laughs> well, I guess I well, will find her out. Her stunt double in that costume was. <laughs> put it that way. Her body stunt her double? butt double was. Nice. Right. Well, look forward to that. And Casey usually delivers. So, And it's been however many years this movie is, because I haven't seen it since it was in cinemas. So. 90s? I don't know. I, I just remember Arnold Schwarzenegger was pretty cool. Yes. He was. He was uh, cold as ice. Yes. Yes. No, he was. nothing. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to start singing. Mr. Face! I thought you were going to start singing. I can't do his first. Oh, dialogue was so bad. It was so good. All right. Well, oh I'm kind of looking forward to this. We'll see what's going to happen. Well, thanks, Ragers, for listening. Thanks to Extended Film Rage family, who you can find in our show notes. Thanks to Casey, the nerdy photographer, a.k.a. the God of Rage, for the voice of Rage or Dare, or sometimes Casey and the Red Jets. Find us on social media everywhere at Film Rage YYC. Check out everything Film Rage at FilmRageYYC.com, including our merch site for Redbubble and TeePublic. We are always wanting to make this a raging blast for all listeners, so please comment, like, and subscribe, and send us emails to FilmRageCalgary at gmail.com. Dare to see terrible movies to fuel our rage. But no matter what you do, put on your bat nipples, and please... 
please, 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 please make us rage. That's it for this week. Rage on. Rage on.